Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Hello, and welcome to the Planetary Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I will be your host. And I am also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And we are really excited to be starting our 2020 season. And I'm here with my first um, recording for 2020 with Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Barbara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. So will you tell us a little bit about yourself, like how old you are, where you live, what you do, how much you make, and all that fun stuff? Sure. Um, I'm so excited to be here first off. I, I love listening to your podcast, so really, really excited um, to be here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm 28. Um, I'm, I live in Charlotte. Um, I am a financial services consultant. Um, I've been doing that for about four and a half years, um, and I'm single. <laughs> nice. Okay. And Charlotte's a great place. I've been there a few times. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I've been here. I actually just moved, um, so I've only been here a few months, but I'm loving it so far. And where'd you move from? Uh, New York City. <laughs> you moved from New York City to Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah, (laughs) it is, it is, but it's much warmer here. (laughs) And isn't it less expensive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you move with an existing job or did you move down there to take a job? Uh, Yeah, I moved with an existing job. Very grateful. I have the same job. Yep, working in the same department, and um, it's actually a, a five-minute commute, so it, it's quite nice. Oh, that's lovely. Now, did they keep your salary the same when you moved from New York City down to Charlotte? It was weird timing because it was the point where we were getting new salaries, so um, I believe I did get a Charlotte-based salary, but regardless, it went up, so oh. <laughs> it's a win-win. That's a definite win-win. So I was going to say, if they were paying you, even if your salary stayed had stayed the same, it would go a lot farther in Charlotte than it would in your city. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, what is your your gross salary? Uh, my gross salary is a hundred and one thousand. That's fantastic. And how was it when you got down there and you were looking? Now you're renting an apartment. Um. So I actually I bought a condo. So very very big step my first uh, ownership. Yeah, that's huge. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that, because I was going to say, moving from New York City down to Charlotte, I would imagine the rents are way more reasonable down there, but that I would imagine that it would have been hard to buy a condo in New York. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was really thinking about um, ownership versus renting, and I decided um, to go for it. 
So I did buy a condo. It's a one bedroom. Do you want to know my mortgage? Uh, yeah, I want to know everything. Okay. Um, so my mortgage is around one hundred and seventy thousand. I pay fifteen ninety, um, and that includes an HOA fee um, plus the monthly fee. And then what did you what did you put down? Do so you have a hundred and seventy thousand dollar more? And is that a fifteen year mortgage? Yeah, it's a fifteen year. Um, it's three point two five percent interest rate, and Amazing. I put down twenty five percent. Amazing! Great job, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's fifteen hundred a month, give or take, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations! So that just happened then. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty new. I'm still feeling it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, and then what was your, I was just curious, what was your rent when you were up in Manhattan, uh, up in New York City? I actually, so I actually lived with someone else, like, in the same room. So it's pretty cheap. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never heard of that. You shared a room? Yeah, yeah, I shared a room with someone. <laughs> so I paid about 1100 Oh my gosh! So you went from living in in New York City, paying eleven hundred to have a shared bedroom, and now you're spending fifteen hundred a month, and you have you own your own condo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you just loving all this space? Yeah, it's it's really I I love it. Um, there's just yeah, I mean, there's doors, a lot of rooms, <laughs> windows. <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's quite a leap from New York City living. That's for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Because you were sharing a bedroom. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Congratulations. So this must be great. No, yeah. I, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, it's definitely a difference. Like, you know, with a mortgage payment and like thinking about, you know, long-term debt, um, 15 years and the interest rate. Um, but I just thought it was made more financial sense. I mean, absolutely. And with your salary, you can definitely afford a 1500 a month payment. So why don't we walk through the rest of your finances? So you're making $101,000. you are living in Charlotte. You just purchased your condo and you put 25% down and you have mm-hmm. a, around a 1500 monthly payment. So tell me about what the rest of your finances look like. Do you have a car payment? Do you have, What are your other monthly expenses? And then what does it look like in terms of savings and debt? So I would imagine you depleted some of your savings for the down payment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other things I have are the utilities, which are about $40 a month. Um, but I, I was really racking my brain and I don't think I really have many other expenses other than like food. Food. Um, Yeah. I don't have a car. You don't have a car because do you walk to work? Yeah, I can walk to work. Oh, that's great. So that's a huge savings right there. Yeah. (laughs) And you have a cell phone maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I am living in them. Uh, the twenty nineteen. Um, so work covers my cell phone bill. So that's easy. Okay, so then it's really going to be utilities and food. Yeah. And then so and then what are you? What about with your work with the financial services company? I'd imagine that you have a four hundred one k. Yes. Are you participating in that? Hopefully. Yeah. Um. So I have about thirty seven thousand in my four hundred one k. They match. Great. And right now, I think I'm putting in around 7%. Okay. And are they matching 7% or what's the match? They they match 6%. Okay. So I did look into it before this podcast. And 
the estimated remaining amount that I can contribute is $5,659.82 for the mm -hmm. year. For the year. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you must have had a higher contribution amount because you can do 19000 in to your 401k when you're doing 7%, right? Yeah, I feel like I might have switched percents throughout the year, like just, okay. and then it was just taken out. So I, <laughs> I guess I put in about around 14,000 so far. So far year to date. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, then you can do another 5,000 and get it up to the IRS limit of 19,000. Because we're, even though we're recording for 2020, we are just at the very, very end of 2019. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe that's something to consider. What does it look? What does your emergency fund look like? So I also have an IRA too. Okay, um, and I put in four thousand out of the six thousand for the year as well. I just wanted to add that. Oh, okay, great. And then that's a traditional or a Roth? That is traditional. And you put four thousand in there. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, what are you just quickly? What are you netting from your paycheck after your four hundred one k match and health insurance and all of that jazz that comes out? What are you putting in every, a pay period? Every pay period, I'm getting two thousand six hundred and forty five dollars. Perfect. And that's every two weeks, or the first and the fifteenth, or the fifteenth and the thirtieth. It's a twenty six pay cycle. So then it's every two weeks. Wow. Okay. So then you definitely could afford based on your what your necessary spending is, which is your mortgage, utilities, and food, you definitely have money left over. So what, so I'm sorry, what do you have right now in your emergency fund? So right now in my emergency fund, I have around $8,000. Okay. And I have the rest in a brokerage account, and that's about 42000 And then I also do Fundrise, which is like sharing real estate investment. And I have 1000 in that. So I have a question for you. Why are you not doing the Roth IRA? I kind of feel like I have a high tax rate right now. You do? You do have a high tax rate? And also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm also getting a tax deduction on the traditional. You are? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, it seemed like easier to open. The traditional? Here's what, because here's what I'm thinking. You know you're paying tax on the $42,000 brokerage account, right? When I take it out, right? Well, are you in stocks or mutual funds and ETFs? Uh, mutual funds. So every year you're going to get a 1099 and you're going to be paying taxes on the capital gains and the dividends. Oh, okay. So you're paying, you're not paying on all of it, but you're paying on part of it on a yearly basis. And now remember that this is the tricky part about personal finance, right? There's no real right or wrong answer. It just depends on your own situation and what's the, you know what fits you the best. And that's why it's always different for everybody. But my thought is what you could do is you could max out the 401k at work, which would get you, because you know, instead of doing 4,000 into the traditional, you could do another 5,000 into the 401k so that you maximize that tax break, and then you could do four thousand into the Roth instead, and you would be you would be getting the same equivalent tax break that you are today, right? We'd just be doing it a little differently, but then in addition to the tax break, you would also be adding four thousand to a Roth. Okay. Oh wait, so I already have four thousand in a traditional for this year. So you could do it for next year then. Okay. So what you could do for next year with your four hundred one k is you could do the full match of or the full contribution of 19000 we'll assume it's the same, so that you're getting a tax break on 19000 And then you could put 4000 into 
a Roth IRA. And if you wanted to, you could funnel the money from the brokerage. You could funnel 4000 from the brokerage into the Roth. The biggest advantage to you, so the advantage of having a brokerage account and not having it in the Roth is that the money is fully liquid and you can take it when you need it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, subject to market moves. Like that value will go up and down depending on the investments, but there's no um, limitation in terms of when you want to access it. So the biggest difference with putting, taking a portion of that and putting it, using it to fund the Roth is that the Roth is after tax and then the account is a retirement account. So you wouldn't want to touch it until it's been in there at least five years and you're greater than 59 and a half years old, because then there, you know, if you take it before then there's the 10% penalty for, for the gain on the account, not for what you originally put in. Gotcha. Okay. So if I were you, you're young you're 28 and you have really good income and you don't, you know, you have really low expenses right now based on what you have coming in. I would maximize the 401k with the the payroll plan because that's dollar cost averaging, right? You're putting money in every two weeks. And then outside of work, I would do a Roth instead of a traditional because you can afford it. You have the free cash, you know, you have excess cash that you could use to fund it. Interesting. Okay. Um, I guess the reason I wasn't thinking the Roth was um, a better fit was just because of my tax rate. By doing the full 401k, you're taking a tax break on 19,000, right? So you're then you're not getting a tax break on the traditional, but you've maximized you know the biggest vehicle that you have available to you, which is the the 401k, and then you're just doing the Roth outside of it and not taking a tax break on the 4,000 in order to make sure that you have one of, you know, you have both vehicles, right? You have traditional money and Roth money, and then you have your regular investment money. So then that way you're ticking all the boxes. All right. Well, that sounds good. Just an idea. You're not doing anything wrong, but I want to just stress that. Like everything, I mean, you're doing a wonderful job. So it's just about, the Roth is just a really cool vehicle because when you get to the, when you get to retirement, there's no tax on it. So if you can, the way I like, there's you know, some people say do all Roth or all traditional. I think it's better if you can do, you know, when, when you're in a high tax bracket, absolutely maximize your tax break, which you will be doing by maxing out your 401k. But then if you have the the extra money in your budget and you can afford it, I would also do the Roth just so that you have that vehicle as well as an option down the road. Sounds good. Um, just to clarify with my 401k, I actually have 50% in Roth and 50% in traditional. Oh, well, that makes a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist. Okay, so 14,000, 7,000 is for, uh, is, oh, well, that makes more sense while you're doing the traditional outside of work. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing 7,000 a year in the Roth. Well, I would still, I would still, well, let's look at our federal brackets real quick and see where you're falling. Because yeah, you're in a high bracket as a single person making that type of money. Plot twist. You got me on that one. Uh, <laughs> so basically, anything over eighty four thousand, you're in the um, for you're in the twenty four percent bracket. So I think it would be good hundred and one. We would if we got you down, you know, below eighty four would be ideal. So then what I would do is I would do, if you want to maximize the most amount of tax, give or take, and obviously we always have to give disclaimers, you should run this by your accountant and confirm the numbers because they'll have your tax return and know exactly where you fall. But let's just say if you did about 16000 into the pre-tax option, you could do 
three thousand into the Roth option, and then you could do a four thousand dollar Roth outside of work. But I would definitely, if you have an account, I would definitely sit down with your accountant and let them know you want to maximize how much to put in the traditional while still taking advantage of the Roth. Okay. Yeah. Because what what essentially they'll do is they're going to look at the tax brackets and see where you're falling. And if we can get you out of that highest bracket by doing the traditional option, I would get yourself out of that bracket. And then once you're out of that bracket, I would use the excess money for the Roth. But I def- I'm glad that you're doing the Roth in work too, because I think in the a best case scenario is that you get you get some sort of tax break today while you're in a high, high bracket and you have no write-offs really. And then, but you're also participating in the Roth so that we have both of those trains going for you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like uh, just to cover all my bases. A hundred percent because it's great to get the tax break today and it makes a big difference, but it's also nice to have like a bucket of money too that won't be taxable. So I think the best case scenario is to have both. I'm glad I'm doing, I'm already doing it. We just did. I didn't realize. <laughs> and then as you have a good amount in a emergency fund, I would normally say more, but you have so much in the brokerage account that if God forbid there was an emergency, you could liquidate some of that. I would imagine that you had a lot more in cash before you bought the condo. No, all of it was mostly in the brokerage. So I liquidated. Well, I'm glad that with the market stayed up because that could have been bad if we had a market correction. Yeah, I guess I took the risk. But the thing, I guess my question is, so I have around 8000 in savings, but if I want to max my IRA and um, 401k for the year, I will have almost nothing in savings. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I would take the money for the Roth from the brokerage account, not from your savings. Okay. You're just transitioning one investment to another. So it can even be literally the same investment. If you open up the Roth with the same company, they can just funnel the investment from the brokerage account down into the Roth. You don't even have to sell anything. Okay. So I don't want you to take anything from cash. I would use the brokerage account. And your 401k, if if you're going to increase it, you can do that out of your your paycheck. Right. But can I, can I increase it enough? I mean, I only have one paycheck left for the year. No, so they're going to, they are, there is a limitation with the payroll plans that they will only do a hundred percent of your paycheck. So you could do a hundred percent of your last paycheck, which would get you probably closer to 3000 gross, um, which will get you very close, but you probably won't be able to do the, the, unless you have a bonus or something that they'll pay before year end. I don't have to do that. Okay. Yeah, they won't let you write a check or Venmo them or anything like that. It has to go through payroll. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can ask them what the maximum you can do, but sometimes they'll let you put a whole paycheck in there. And then you can move the money from the brokerage account and to do the, to do the raw. And that would be because you already did it for the year. So that would be for, um, would be for 2020. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I forget we are at the very, 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 very end of 19 here. <laughs> The very tail end. So yeah, I would do this for 2020. If you can get your last paycheck in there, I would. But if not, I would do this for 2020. Okay. And then do you have any other questions for me? I mean, the biggest thing for me is because I'm a first time home buyer. Um, I really just wanted to to kind of pick your brain about strategy, like with my debt to equity ratio. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions on like, if I could pay it off quicker or like where you think I should be putting my money. My recommendation to you would be to max out the 401k and utilize the full 19,000 since you have such a low cost of living and such a good income. And like 
no real obligations other than food and your mortgage and utilities because your cell phone is covered and it, you don't have a car payment or anything like that and you're single. So I would maximize the 401k and then I would make sure that you're also getting money into the Roth, you know, a portion in your 401k and then outside of that. I, I wouldn't at this point, I wouldn't prepay the principal on your mortgage because the money that you put into the market, whether that's the Roth or the 401k or your brokerage account, will hopefully earn more than 3.25% that you're paying on your debt, right? Okay. Yeah. So you'll, if you put that money in and even earn 6%, you're still ahead by not, by not spending that money to pay down the mortgage. So I would maximize the 401k as a start because if you're putting in, you know, it's roughly 19% of your income and your company's putting in 7%, um, you're at a, you know, a 26% retirement contribution, which is phenomenal. And if you can do that for a couple of years, you know, before you get to your 30s, that will make all the difference in retirement. Yeah. And that's okay. not including the Roth. And so you're doing everything right. So you already bought a, pa- uh, a condo. So you you're not paying rent. You locked in a historically low interest rate. You're in the leanest mortgage at a 15-year mortgage. You you have no expenses other than the mortgage utilities and food and food everybody has, right? And you have a really great salary. So I would just maximize all the different boxes. Okay. But I would <laughs> prepay the principal on your mortgage just because I think you'll be better served investing that money, whether through your work plan or your own Roth or your brokerage account, because hopefully even... Even over the long term, even if one year it's it doesn't have a good return or we go down, long term you'll make more money investing it than ideally than the you know, than you're spending to service your debt. So you'd be better off with that long term. Oh, right. Okay. Very I see I'm I'm of the sense like I just don't want any debt. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna try to like pay this off ASAP. Like <laughs> like way before fifteen years. So that definitely is um different perspective. Yeah. So what I would do is I think you're better off getting as much money into your 401k now before you hit 30 and get, cause what you want to do is get that number. Cause like, let's say next year between your contribution and your companies, you put in 26,000, you're almost going to, if let's say the, let's say then it grows by 4,000 in investment return. You're basically almost going to double your 401k balance. Cool. Oh, I have another platform. Sure. And so the reason, the reason I want you to do that is because that account is going to stay with you probably longer than this condo is, right? So your retirement account is an account that you'll have until you retire, which is going to be, you know, we have a long time before retirement. So if you can get though that account up by the time you're 30 to, let's just say, gosh, if you're putting in 20 something thousand a year. That'll get us to 50 plus you have 30. You could probably get it up to 100,000 by the time you're 30, maybe 31. And then if you get that amount of money saved in your retirement account by that age, without you adding anything else, it should double every 10 years if it's earning 7.2% compounding interest. So then that means if we can get you to 100, we'll we'll just say by 30. We'll be very optimistic. So then you have 100,000 in retirement by 30. Then by 40, it would be 200. Then by 50, it would be 400, right? And then by 60, it would be 800. And then by 70, it would be 1.6. Wow. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot. That compounding of interest, you're going to see help you a lot more than prepaying the principal on the mortgage and getting that done in seven years versus 15 or whatever. Because we can't go back. 
can get your four, you know, we get so many doubles on your 401k money if we can get a hundred by 30. Oh, okay. So I have a plot twist. You have a what? I have another plot twist. Do you have other monies I don't know about? Yes, I'm sorry. What I you- forgot. Um, <laughs> what do you have? So I actually took out half of my 401k on the down payment for my condo. So I actually have a loan that I'm paying back to myself, 30000 And the interest rate is 5%. And it gets taken out of my paycheck okay. every two weeks. Every two weeks. And now when you told me the 2600 is that after the loan payment is paid? Oh, the 2600 for take home is after the loan is paid. Okay, perfect. Okay, so then you should still... So then you're going to get that paid back and then you can still contribute. That's totally fine. Plot twist. (laughs) Jackie, are there any more plot twists that I should know about? Um, Let me, let me think. Well, the thing is with the 401k loan, that's a 30 year. Um, Does that change anything? No, because they're going to, they said it's going to take you 30 years to pay it back. Yeah. Okay, we'll keep paying that back, but I want you to I want you to still do the contributions that we talk about, and then maybe if you get a bonus or something, you could see if you could prepay that loan back faster. Okay. Because I think what will happen, and you have to check with your HR department, but I think that if you decide to leave that company because it's paid back through payroll, if it's not paid back before you decide to leave, they'll treat it as a just that they just like as a distribution. Yeah, I talked to them about it. Um, I just need to keep my company's 401k open with $100. And then I can just change, change it to be taken directly out of my um, checking account. Perfect. Okay, good. I'm glad that you investigated that because sometimes what they do is if you leave the company, it's treated as a a disbursement. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, because sometimes Um, they require it to be through a payroll service and not you can't do it through a checking. Okay, so then so and then did you ask about if you got a bonus or anything if you could prepay it faster? Yeah, I did. Um, you can't. <laughs> oh, you can't. Oh my god, and that's a thirty year, and you can't get it any soon. You can't do it any sooner. No, or you just pay it full. You can pay it in a full. So I have a question. So if it's thirty year, so you the most you would be able. So you can't do it because the most you can ever contribute in a year based on the contribution is nineteen thousand. So they won't let you. You'd have to write them a check for the full amount, right? Plus interest. Well, I'm not sure if I'd have to pay the interest because it just you're gonna be paid back. Yeah. Okay, so I would find I would investigate if you could pay it in full, and then what I would recommend doing is trying to save because I don't want you to deplete your whole brokerage account, but I would find out about getting that paid off sooner than thirty years. Obviously, like if you if you got your brokerage account up to thirty thousand, I I think there's no issue with taking the amount that you owe your four hundred one k and just paying it off. And then okay. what you would do with the excess money is then pay back your brokerage account. I see. And eliminate okay. the 5%, right? Because 5% is a, lot, is a higher amount than 3.5, you know? If it was lower, if you made 5% in the market or 6% in the market, you're not, you know, you're not really adding as much value to yourself if you're only putting in your pocket that 1%, you know? If your brokerage account, let's say, you know, made 6 but you're paying 5% on the other portion. Yeah, I guess I was... Like, because 5%, it's coming back to me. So I was like, oh, that's fine. Um, And just like keeping more money in the market, making Mm -hmm. 6%. But it it makes more sense for me to just get rid of that loan. I think so. Okay. 
Yeah. And then that's one less thing you have to worry about. But I I would make the this is I, I would make the priority maximizing the 401k, right? Making sure you do the full 19,000, do a portion of that in Roth and then you can do a Roth outside. And then from there, I would focus on paying down the 401k loan. Okay. Right, because the 401k, because we can get you up to 100, even if that means over the next two years, you get that loan paid back. That's way more valuable than than prepaying the principal on the mortgage, which I know that you're adverse to having debt, but you're, you'll are you be better off longer term by having the investments than paying down the debt, especially once you get this, the 401k loan paid off and then we get that, that account up to closer to 100,000. It needs to be earning compounding of 7.2% to double every 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You um, were the first person I've ever had on that took a 401k loan for their house. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I was, it was through my company. I thought like, why not? I want to, I want to put down as big of a down payment as possible while also still having kind of a liquidating cash um, from my brokerage. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you're doing a good job. So now it's all just about um, maximizing the different vehicles that you have. Okay. Okay. So do you have any other questions? That was really my main, my main question um, about home ownership and where to invest. I don't think I really have any other questions. Oh, I don't think I have any other plot twists for you. Do you have any more <laughs> plot twists? And then just real quick, do you have any student loan debt, right? No. Awesome. Okay, cool. I didn't think so. Well, we'll wrap this up for our listeners. So thank you for coming on. And I, it was fun to have some plot twists. I haven't had those in a while. <laughs> Red herrings, you know, just making it more interesting. Yeah, keeping me on my toes here. Well, and congratulations on the home purchase. It's a big deal and very exciting. So for our lovely listeners at home, Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And if you like the podcast, which we hope that you do, you can rate and review us on iTunes. And please check out www.planancial.com because we will have some new and exciting classes coming your way. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.